Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. It's Wednesday, March the 16th, and we got a kind of a quickie episode today. Short Tuesday recap and also a short streaming discussion. But settle back. I'm sure we'll say we got a short one and then it always ends up as 30-something minutes anyway. We'll dive on into it. And, of course, we will have promo today. We had sort of a promo-free Tuesday show other than self we call that internal promo here at Sports Ethos. Did I say hoopball presentation? I might have. It's a Sports Ethos presentation. Eth- uh, SportsEthos.com is the website. Ethos Fantasy BK, the single best fantasy news feed on planet Earth. Best combination of speed and analysis you can find anywhere. Let's see if we can get them up around 8,000 follows on Twitter. That'd be cool. But we got lots of stuff going on on the promo side. We'll get to that eventually. But first, four-game recap. Tuesday, blowout city the first couple of ballgames. But there was kind of a few little fun things mixed in there. Memphis didn't have John Morant. As expected, Tyus Jones had 10 assists. Didn't shoot the ball well, which kind of blew up what was otherwise going to be a really nice ballgame for him. He'd had two three-pointers. He had a steal. All we needed, really, was for him to hit, like, five out of his 11 shots instead of three and then we would have been cooking. Would have been a double-double. Instead, field goal percent was a tiny bit of a drag. I don't really know what you do here in head-to-head. Because I've, I've said many times, you don't make a move unless you're gaining games played. But Memphis doesn't play again until Friday. They go Friday, Sunday. Friday is an overload day. And there's the looming specter of John ja Morant coming back, which you've got to think he wants to. They're in Atlanta on Friday. That'll be the Ja versus Trey game. Everybody's going to be excited about that. They're in Houston on Sunday, so if they were going to give Moran any more rest, that would be the game to do it, or maybe they don't need to. Or maybe this thing with him is actually an injury and not just an opportunity to sit him against a Pacers team that is, you know, sort of barely a team. (laughs) Although they did get Malcolm Brogdon back. That's going to be kind of a nice little thing for Indiana. Regardless... It always felt more like a roto thing with Jones where you could make the move and not worry about it, move on after one ball game. By the time he plays again on Friday, you might be able to pick him back up onto and off of waivers between basketball games. I don't know. So without Ja, DeAnthony Melton had a nice ball game, which I don't think we can expect that to continue. Dylan Brooks is back. He wasn't very good in this one. Actually, I mean, he was part of the lineups that were winning, but offensively he was quite bad. Uh, He's just going to continue to play more, and that's going to continue to pull minutes away from Slow-Mo and Melton and pretty much anybody else on the wing that needs these avenues to minutes. This probably kind of the DeAnthony Melton last hurrah. It's weird, too. As as good as Melton was, he was one of the lowest plus-minus guys in this ballgame. I can't figure that one out. Just, I think it had to just kind of be a, a matter of when he was on the floor, playing out garbage time, things like that. Uh, as I said a couple days ago, when Melton had a terrible ball game, if you wanted to hang on for one more game, you could, but you didn't have to. If you did, you got this good one. But now you got the couple days off, and Ja might be back, and it's that same, it's that same issue. Brandon Clark's minutes were back down in this ballgame. JJJ, not in foul trouble. Steven Adams, not hurt. That tends to do the trick there. I'm still sticking with Clark. We, I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. 
he can post fantasy value in 20 minutes. He posted fantasy value in 18 minutes in this ballgame. Stick with it. It'll be okay. Again, more so on the Roto side. As far as Indiana goes, the... uh, I mean, you kind of need to throw this one out a little bit. Isaiah Jackson had 9-7 and seven with a couple of blocks, so he was fine. He fouled out, no surprise there, in 21 minutes. That's just kind of been the thing for him so far. Jalen Smith had 15-8 and eight with a couple of three balls, but missed three free throws, and that sort of sank his line. Malcolm Brogdon looked very rusty coming back from a concussion. Tyrese Halliburton had his worst game in about three months. So I think he probably just dumped this one. What you can take away is... Jackson's still a go. Smith is still a go. Halliburton, Brogdon, when those guys play, Buddy healed. Those guys are all startable. But when all of these guys are in, Chris Duarte can't start him anymore, if you even did at all. Uh, O'Shea Brissett hasn't really been a play, but for a game here and there, uh, you know, pretty much since like the two or three games right out of the All-Star break. So it's kind of the same stuff. No real changes on the Indiana side. Yeah, sorry where you're at with that one. Story of the night was Kyrie Irving, who went for 60 a night after Cat went for 60. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Back-to-back 60 burgers in the NBA. And now Kyrie's off for three games. <laughs> there was never a reason to draft him in head-to-head. I know that this line in particular was sort of enough to carry you through a whole week. He did a week's worth of producing in one ball game, but that's not the kind of thing you can expect to happen. He always was a better fit for a games-capped league. You get 30-something games out of him on the year and call that a victory. Because he is number four on a per-game basis this year in 19 ball games, And he's going to play, what, three more? Three, four more the rest of the way? Didn't look at the schedule, but I think he only have three or four more games on the road. So he's going to get, what, 23? 22, 23 games on the season? That's rough, man. And we have no idea if this is going to be... Similar next year. You hope that these mandates go away, but you just never know. There could be other variants, things of that nature popping up. Massive game. Overall, huge headache on the year. KD just took a back seat, didn't have to do much. Bruce Brown continues to be a very solid other guy on this team. And then Andre Drummond, someone you can feel, I think, generally pretty comfortable starting. This game got out of hand quickly, and they just he didn't need to do very much. So Nick Claxton actually had the slightly better ball game between those two guys. I truly wish that LaMarcus Aldridge was healthy because he's the one center that I think you could actually trust throughout, but he's not, so you can't. Stick with Drummond for now. He's not very good, but he'll be okay. Orlando got blown out. They were without Jalen Suggs. RJ Hampton got the start and was fully unimpressive. The... If you were trying to stream Magic, which I did on Markel Fultz, actually, and he kind of salvaged his game with a steal and two blocks, but otherwise that was pretty bad for him. Uh, Mo Wagner, oddly enough, was the Orlando stream choice that would have worked out. Because Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, Chumo Kiki, Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony, these guys were already on rosters, so I don't even count those guys in the mix. They were all generally fine. Everybody that I just listed was fine. The streamers, R.J. Hampton, if you had the opportunity to pick him up late when we found out that Suggs wasn't playing, Wagner, Mo Wagner, who's actually been decent lately, 
And then with Bamba in foul trouble, that really unleashed Mo Wagner on things. 17 and 11 on the double-double. They do play again tomorrow, so scheduling-wise, you'll get kind of another crack at it. If you picked up any of those streamer guys, being you know Hampton, Wagner, uh, hopefully you didn't pick up Gary Harris. He was listed as available, but he didn't play because, you know, old. Faults. Hopefully tomorrow's better. Hard to know, but they do play Detroit, so one would think that's a slightly more competitive ballgame than this one. Kyrie just single-handedly obliterated them. Friends, opportunity to remind you once again to check out our buddies over at thrivefantasy.com. Love them. They're doing a great job with us here. A lot of money being won by sports ethosians at Thrive Fantasy because you guys are sharp, and it doesn't take the kind of intense digging down to the bottom of the absolute bottom most barrel DFS thing to win. If you know what the stars are going to do on a given night, you can turn that into cash over at thrivefantasy.com. So prop up with our promo code ethos. Easy, super easy. E-T-H-O-S, five-letter word. Ethos. That's it. Super simple. You get 100% deposit match bonus, up to 100 bucks on your first deposit. And... With a deposit as small as $10, you get those two contest entry tickets for free. You get two contest entry tickets into the $20 nightly contests for free with a $10 deposit. That's crazy. Even if there wasn't the 100% deposit match bonus, it's already ridiculous. $10 deposit gets you an extra $10 in your account from match and another $40 in contest entry tokens, effectively. So $10 gets you 60 in play. It'd be really hard for you not to win something with 60 bucks of screwing around on that website. Open up an account. Come on. Thrivefantasy.com. They've got an app too if you need if you like that, your mobile device person. I am an old man myself. I prefer the large monitor in front of me, computer screen. That's where I do all my recording anyway, so I kind of Everything just goes hand in hand there, but they've got the website, they've got the apps, available for Apple devices, Android devices, you name it, they've got it. ThriveFantasy.com, promo code ETHOS. Sign up today. Get all them free bonuses. Next on the docket, Detroit in Miami, Jimmy Butler, you son of a... (sighs) Get it together, Dan. The Jimmy Butler experience has been painful this year another mid-game injury another questionable tag this one in the middle of a two-game week butler at just 48 games played on the year he is ahead of anthony davis so he hasn't been quite that annoying this season he is ahead of kevin durant but i would argue he's been less annoying because kd's stuff was one big chunk where you got to throw him in your il for a month and a half two months it was like two months huh well, Jimmy Butler missed, what, three weeks with the tailbone? Well, it was a week with the tailbone, then three weeks with the tailbone, then a week with an ankle, and then a couple games with sinus congestion, and now it'll be another ankle. It has been an intense pain in the butt. He's a massive draft day annoyance, and this is just the latest in it. I suppose I should consider myself grateful that it happened in the middle of a two-game week anyway, 
so they could rest him for one game and get him five days off before they play in Philadelphia next Monday when the Heat actually start to have a better playoff schedule. I mean, last week they had four. Previous week they had four. They went 4-4-2-4-4 four, 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 four in this five-game stretch where most of you guys will have our three weeks of playoffs. Then they have three the last week of the regular season, but kind of who cares? So the Heat were, other than this week, a pretty damn good playoff schedule team. Unfortunately now, Butler looks like he's going to basically throw up a goose egg this week. He played half of this one before getting hurt, and my guess is he ain't playing in the other game this week. Can you drop him? I mean, he's Jimmy Butler. You kind of have to hope that your playoff... If this is the last week of your playoffs, you could drop him. Your season's ending. But if your season continues, you kind of have to just sit on it and hope he's ready for a four-gamer next week because he's too damn good. You will crown some other team the champion if they pick him up. That's tough, man. That is tough. This is generally kind of an ugly game for everyone other than Tyler Hero on the Miami side, who's having a very good sixth-man season. A lot of his stuff is based on scoring. We've kind of been down that road a little bit here. If Butler does miss this next one on the Roto side, you could expect Hero to have a big ball game. You could probably expect some, someone of like either Max Struess, Struss actually, or uh, Victor Oladipo, maybe he does a little bit more, or Gabe Vincent, but you're not taking that plunge. It's just too risky. Detroit's the interesting team here because they also play tomorrow and Saturday. They have easily the most interesting schedule of any team this week because not only do they go on the off days, they go on the off day including Saturday where, yeah, I mean, more teams play on Sunday than Saturday, but both of them are not what I would call overload days this week. Sunday is closer, certainly, to an overload day. It's not quite uh, Wednesday or Friday level. What's the actual number of games on Sunday this week? Nine? I think it's nine. So it's kind of like Monday, where it's a pretty full card, but you might have one or two spaces open, startable spots on your roster. Detroit goes on Saturday... So not only do they have a good schedule, but you could drop one if you need to clear out a spot on Sunday, if you wanted to. Then they go four times every other day next week, four times a week after that. So if you like what you're doing with Detroit, you can hang on. I don't think you'll necessarily need to, because the streamers on Detroit are very much schedule streamers right now. Isaiah Stewart came back, had foul trouble in his 22 minutes. Marvin Bagley still played 29 and a half minutes, actually close to 30 in yesterday's ballgame. He didn't do very much with it. Line was depressed by his free throw shooting. He went one for four at the foul line. The other stuff was actually, like, fine. No Cade Cunningham in this one. Uh, So Rodney Magruder got the start and left with a hamstring strain. Killian Hayes ended up as kind of the streaming win. He played 30 minutes off the bench, nine points, eight assists, and a steal. He's the guy I think you trust Going forward, even if he's not the starting point guard, Corey Joseph only played 18 minutes. He had foul issues. Hayes had foul issues. Detroit committed 30 personal fouls in this ballgame. Miami took 39 free throws. Yeesh. That's a funky one. So a reset. Uh, Isaiah, I'm going to mess it up. I think it's Livers. Might be Livers. Uh, Said this yesterday. 16.6 boards, 2 assists, a steal, and 4 three-pointers. But 6 out of 7 shooting. So he didn't do it with big-time usage, and that's the kind of thing that tends to come crashing back to earth. So, if you didn't already stream a piston, I might argue it's a little bit too late. Not necessarily because 
so I get it. Like, there's the overload element to it. You could try to, you might be able to gain a game on your week uh, if you drop someone who, say, only plays Wednesday, Friday, or Friday, Sunday, or something like that. Like, if you have a Grizz who's kind of fringy and you drop them for a Piston, you probably gain a game out of it because your Grizzly that was going to play on Friday, that was going to be on your bench, becomes a Piston that's playing tomorrow, that's in your starting lineup. I just don't think the Pistons players are, the streamers, I don't think they're good enough to warrant making a move for that one extra game midweek. This is why I talked so long on yesterday's show about how important the Tuesday stream was. Because let's say, let's say you had Brandon Clark, who I really liked, and they, that's a bad example because they played yesterday. Uh, Let's say we're looking at someone who's playing tonight, who's kind of meh, like uh, Alex Caruso. He's been pretty good this year, but... It's hard to trust. We don't know exactly what he's going to be uh, here as he, as he works his way back into game shape. And he was very good for one game, and he was very bad in another. Or Ayo Desumu, we don't know what he's going to be now that Caruso's back. Those guys only go today and Friday. So let's say, I don't know, maybe Caruso was the guy who wasn't going to be in your overload Wednesday-Friday lineup. If you dropped him yesterday for someone on Detroit who is unquestionably the worst of the two fantasy players. Alex Caruso, someone I would much rather have on my team rest of season or in a Roto League or whatever their format you want to talk about, over Killian Hayes. But two games out of Hayes, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, versus potentially zero of Caruso if he's an overload play, well, that was a no-brainer. Now, you're looking at one potentially extra ball game, but you could do that on the back end of it. I mean, there's a possibility that if you flipped someone like a Caruso who was only going to go Wednesday, Friday, maybe you weren't going to start him for Killian Hayes, you might have been getting three extra games this week. So if he was going to sit Wednesday, Friday, and you dropped in a Piston who was going Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you may have gained three games with one roster move as opposed to waiting it out and then using the move on Caruso on Saturday where you get one extra game in the week. So, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. You get two or three extra games out of a slot. And maybe that's still a possibility for you today. But you don't have to do it today. You can do it tomorrow. And you can think it through. Let's take a, a different example of someone who... I mean, Chicago is an interesting one because they're done this week after Friday. If you're talking about a team that maybe does have a game on Saturday or Sunday, and you're switching from that player to a piston and you really are only gaining one game, I think I'd wait. I think I'd wait. Use the move towards the end of the week when you have a better idea of what stats you really are going to need on Saturday or Sunday. That you just, like, it looks like you might know what you're going to need now, but also you don't know for sure. Phoenix beat New Orleans behind Devin Booker's 27. Mikel Bridges was good. Campaign was very good. DeAndre Ayton was good. They didn't need to play all that much. So JaVale McGee. Remember we were talking about McGee as a maybe kind of what if we dropped in Phoenix deal where you would get them yesterday and then whoever you picked up probably wouldn't be in your overload lineups and then they'd play again on Sunday. Did you get one extra game out of a Sun? I thought they were fool's gold from a streaming standpoint, and I still feel that way this week. I know they had one of the better schedules, but it wasn't a team you needed to move to in the middle of the week. It was one where you just had to look at it like, look, if I have a son 
on my fantasy team. I'll just sort of scratch myself as lucky. By the way, they made all 15 of their free throws in this game as well. The New Orleans side is the interesting one because CJ McCollum came back from COVID. He had 21 and 9. Too many turnovers and missed both free throws, which actually could end up being a really big deal in your fantasy league. But what did it do to everybody else? First, Devontae Graham's usage went down. He was still playable in this game with 10 points, 5 boards, 7 assists, and a couple of 3 balls, but he's very much trending the wrong way. And in Roto, you move on. If you have him in head-to-head already, you kind of just need to ride it out. The only reason you wouldn't would be, I guess, injury, or if you don't have enough players. I don't know. I I think you ride it out with the Pels on a head-to-head side because they also go Sunday-Monday, and then you could maybe move on because they have a couple days off after that before a slightly better schedule at the end of next week. Whatever. We'll get to that as our show uh, get towards our weekend shows this week. But again, you can't be using roster moves in head-to-head just to get off of a particular player if they're healthy. You know, if it's a, if you're getting off a zero, it's a different thing. But if it's just because you might be able to squeeze one extra game out of someone else, no, it's too early in the week to use a move on something like that. Jackson A's had 16-4. and four. He did play 31 minutes. Uh, his usage has been very low of late. He happened to be extraordinarily efficient from the field in this ballgame. I think he's a guy in Roto you can move on from. He had a one or two game window there where McCollum and Ingram were both out. Herb Jones had a better ball game here, and he remains kind of on the fringe as well. I, I don't know... I don't know that I can say you have to use him in Roto. Again, with all of these guys, if you have them already, you just ride it out in the head-to-head side. Probably until they have two games off next week. But again, you just can't, because of the overload stuff this week, you sort of can't unload players unless you're gaining a bunch of games. And it's hard to do that if you missed yesterday. So as expected, talking about yesterday's stuff did take a little bit longer than uh, than we envisioned, as per usual. Quickly here on the promo front, uh, please do continue to rate and review the pod. I, I know that I've said this a whole bunch of times. I, I need you guys right now to drop that five-star review on iTunes in particular. I don't know how to do it on Spotify. I know you can. I just don't know how. Uh, iTunes pretty easy if you've got the the software open on your computer you can just go to the podcast tab and search for fantasy nba today if you're on a mobile device which i'm betting most of you are uh open up the podcast app and you have to search for the name of the show even if you're already listening to it right now which you are because i'm talking to you go to the search function search for fantasy nba today make sure you click on the name of the show up near the top not one of the episode names and it'll take you to the show page where you can scroll down to the bottom. That's where you can drop in the five-star review. I, I will love you forever. Thank you in advance. We just need to stockpile these bad boys as we roll through the offseason and then into next year. And if you've already done it, see if you can grab someone else in your household to do it too. It really, I mean, really, this does mean a lot. It would go a long, long way. Uh, maybe I'll do something on social media to try to squeeze a few more out of you guys. Thank you in advance. Also, follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers because we continue to recruit here at Sports Ethos. Got a lot of submissions from you guys, folks that want to take over a fantasy football podcast. That's pretty cool. Um, 
We are looking for folks who believe themselves to be fantasy experts and want to break in on the video side of the equation. So hit me up on that front. We got a, we got some opportunities there. At Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google Dan from Hoopball. I know it's the old name of the site, but it remains the easiest way to find me. Please do find me, by the way. Also, prizes. Hey, might have one of those. You can hit me up about that while you're at it. Would love to hear from you anyway. Who the hell are you guys? Who's listening out there? Somebody. And shout out to our three other partners here. Manscaped.com, promo code ethos20 for 20% off and free shipping on your order. Whatever you may get over there. Go try the lip balm or the shears. That's the affordable, the most affordable stuff. That's the most affordable stuff over at manscaped.com. So that way you can kind of try it out a little bit. Make sure to use the promo code ethos20. Uh, mybookie.ag. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys about their crazy March Madness stuff going on. The prizes are out of control over there. First place is one Bitcoin, which I believe is worth about $40,000 right now. Maybe more. Is it more than that? Hmm. I don't know. Predict winners in each round of the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin a Doodle NFT, those are worth about fifty grand, and over $100,000 in cash prizes. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting on the championship winner, or just looking for player and game props, my bookie, my bookie's got you covered. Use promo code HOOPBALL when you make your first deposit and earn a free entry into the My Bracket contest. So that's the key. you got to make a first deposit, which, you, by the way, you can do a deposit as low as $20 on MyBookie. Selections began three days ago. They close tomorrow, Thursday. So make sure you open up in your account. Use that promo code HOOPBALL. It's on the third page of sign-up. I've, I've had to walk a lot of people through this because it's not the easiest thing in the world. You sign up. First page, you like pick a username. Second page, you put in your address. Third page is where it's like, hey, where did we find out about you? Uh, put the promo code HOOPBALL in there. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. We haven't changed it because we've been with them for like two years now. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. All one word. When you sign up, it'll say, how did you hear about us? You can choose podcast. You can type in this podcast name. That stuff is optional. Just make sure the promo code is in there. And then when you make your first deposit, choose the bracket entry. By the way, this means that if you do that now, you're not competing against everybody else at MyBookie. You're competing against these folks making their first deposit and people buying into the contest. An entry into the contest is $10 if you want to do it and it's not your initial deposit. So that's going to cut down, I think, on a lot of people actually getting into it. People are like, ah, I don't really want to pay $10 on it, which means that your competition is going to be smaller. That gives you a great opportunity to win. And there's so many prizes, up to 750 winners. The bottom 250 win 60 bucks. The next... uh. 400 win 200 bucks the next 90 win 300 bucks and then it climbs 10th place 400 bucks 9th place 500 8th place 600 7 6 1000 5th place 1500 4th place 3000 3rd place 5000 2nd place a doodle that's worth almost 50 grand a bitcoin that's worth about 50 grand big prizes here in the my bracket my bookie contest make that first deposit Get your free bracket entry. Or if you're just a MyBookie player and, hell, over the last couple of years, you've won like $800 with our free bets over there. Take $10 of that. Throw it into your bracket contest. I don't care. 
Although, honestly, I'd rather you take $10 from all the MyBookie winnings and go open up a Thrive Fantasy account. Let's wow them, man. Let's wow these places. Let's be like, they're going to look at us and be like, damn, Sports Ethos, you guys are the best partner we've ever seen. All right, enough promo. Streaming stuff. I'll make it simple. Don't. It's a 12-game card tonight. If you are streaming in your playoffs, today is not the day because you are in overload mode. The only thing I would think is if you're looking a day ahead, and so we'll make this like we've always done, a two-day thing. Tomorrow, Detroit and Orlando are the only two teams that play. It's March Madness Day. They basically wiped out the NBA, so Wednesday and Friday are overload days. The only reason you'd be doing anything today is if you're a day ahead. If you're making a move for Wednesday, don't. Don't. You should have plenty of players on your team, even if someone or someones are ruled out due to injury. Okay? You should have plenty of opportunity. Plenty of guys you can drop into your lineup. Really. Like, I'm not kidding. Uh, If you do something today, I, I mean, really, just don't. I don't even care if you have someone injured on your team. Don't do anything with them today. You don't have to. That's it. Not adding anything else. Tomorrow, on the other hand, is a different story. And it comes back to what we talked about before. So here's the thing. Brooklyn is done this week on Friday. Basically, look at your schedule here if you want to, or just do it with me. The Brooklyn, the Clippers, LA Clippers, the Heat, and the Bulls are all done this week after Friday. Those teams, I think it's just the three of them, four of them, don't play over the weekend. Those are the only teams where you should consider making a move on Thursday. Here's why. The teams that go on Thursday, Detroit and Orlando, were teams we already looked at on yesterday's show as Tuesday streamers, critical ones. So you should have made your moves to those teams yesterday. Doing it tomorrow basically admits that you screwed up and you should have done it two days sooner. Or, again, maybe it's injury-related. So that's the other thing. If you have someone on your team where, you know, maybe they don't play today or they do play today and they get hurt and then you're like, ah, crap, well, they were set to go Friday, Sunday, and now I'm not going to get anything out of that team, that's, that's basically your reason to make a move tomorrow. The reason to make a move tomorrow is basically... If you have someone on your team who will not play for your team after tomorrow. There. That's the shortened way to think of it. So Thursday. That's your Thursday. So that's Brooklyn, Chicago, Heat, Clippers. If those players are not set to be in your Friday starting lineup. That's the big red check mark next to it if you have crap i don't know if you have uh like zach levine he's gonna be in your lineup on friday if you're gonna even go like more fringy bruce brown probably gonna be in your lineup on friday with as good as he's been lately he's been by the way very good he's been extremely good lately but just for our argument's sake, we'll just take a big-name player. Uh, Zach Levine is obviously going to be in your lineup on Friday, so you're not going to drop him on Thursday. If you're talking more fringy on these teams, so who is a fringe player on Brooklyn, Chicago, Clips, or Heat? Fringy would be 
Well, you're not going to have anyone on the Heat on your team anyway because their schedule's been horrible. So let's just wipe them off the board. But if you're looking at, like, the Clippers, remember they had a five games and seven night stretch that started last Tuesday. Maybe you've just been sitting on them all the way through, and now all of a sudden you've gotten to today and thought, eh, not that excited about this team anymore. But here's the thing. Is the fringe player on the Clippers... Like, did you start them? Are you going to start them tonight? Because if they were good enough to start tonight, they're probably good enough to start again on Friday. And if they're not good enough to start tonight, you should have moved off of them yesterday. This is like, this is this is streaming 101, was to look at this and look at today, Wednesday, and look at Friday and say anybody on those teams that I just mentioned, those four teams that don't play over the weekend basically weren't going to play for your fantasy team anymore after Monday. Is Ayo DeSumo good enough to make your overload roster? Probably not. Probably not. Is Alex Caruso? Maybe. He's close. Is Reggie Jackson? Yeah, probably. He's been good enough lately. Zubots? Yeah, he's probably been good enough. Anybody else in the Clippers? Marcus Morris? Mm, only if you really need a center. Yeah, I guess okay. He's been close. Terrence Mann? No. Amir Coffey? No. Luke Kennard? No. No. Lots of no's on the rest of those guys. Chicago we talked about. Brooklyn? Drummond? Claxton? Patty Mills? No, no, no. Goran Dragic? Well, they played yesterday at least, so that was a little bit different. So with them... I, you know, that's a time where you, you could have potentially waited it out and made the move today or tomorrow. So Brooklyn's not as great an example because at least they played on Tuesday. Clippers, Bulls, those are your really good ones because they go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then off the rest of the week. You could look at that team on Tuesday, yesterday, and say, hey, you know what? Dasunmu, sorry, you've been really good for my team for a little while, but... uh you're not going to play for me on Wednesday or Friday, so effectively, this is a one-game week for you. So that would have been a gain of maybe three games, picking up a Piston yesterday, who will definitely play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But again, by not doing it yesterday and doing it tomorrow, you're basically admitting that you just didn't do it at the right time. You're chasing. And maybe it's still worth it because perhaps you're getting two games in a situation where you would have gotten none. But doesn't it feel a little bit silly to not have done it with three? You could have picked up Killian Hayes, dropped Dasunmu, who wasn't going to play, and now you get three games out of Killian Hayes as opposed to nothing. So this is why tomorrow I really feel pretty strong. Again, today, do nothing. Please do nothing. I beg of you, do nothing. Tomorrow... And I'll repeat this on tomorrow's podcast because it is such a critical point. Tomorrow, I firmly believe the only reason you should be making a move to a Piston or a Magic tomorrow is if someone on your overload list, that's the wrong terminology, someone who you wanted to start in your overload got hurt. If you have someone that you need to drop because they were, you know, you wanted to play them Friday, Sunday, or whatever the hell their next, or Friday, Saturday, or whatever their next two games are, but you're pretty sure you're going to get zeros out of them, you switch them to a Thursday, Saturday, preferably Detroit, and you turn a zero into two games, 
and you abandon ship on someone who was not going to play. The other way to do it, maybe, maybe, if no one on your team gets hurt and you still have like two or three of your four weekly moves left, then you might be able to talk me into getting off of uh, a bull or a clipper. Those are the ones. Those are the two teams. And again, you, you really shouldn't have any fringy heat on your team anyway, and then Brooklyn had that game on Tuesday, so there's sort of a little bit of a different bird. Uh, but now, again, tomorrow, Brooklyn, Chicago, Clippers, Heat. Tomorrow, your moves are, if anyone on your team gets hurt and you're going to get zero games out of them the rest of the week, you switch them for a Piston or a Magic. Or, if you are not planning to use a Brooklyn Net, Chicago Bull, a Clipper, or a Heat in your Friday Overload lineup, you can move off of them tomorrow, provided you have enough weekly moves left, and provided the stream option on Detroit, particularly Detroit, that's the one you want because you could move off of them on Sunday if you needed to, and that player is good enough. Like, if Killian Hayes is still floating around out there, that's probably good enough. If somebody dropped Marvin Bagley, that would be good enough. If Isaiah Stewart didn't get picked back up, that would be good enough. That kind of thing. So streaming actually pretty important for tomorrow. Not important today. Don't do it. And that's our show. And hope you enjoyed. Please do drop that five-star review. I will talk to you all on social media. It has been a hell of a run here. The last, I don't know, month and a half on social. We've been doing a lot of lifting out there, and I hope you will join us for it. At Dan Bespris, talk to you tomorrow. So long.